Welcome to the One Degree Shift Podcast, where we learn the little changes that future-proof some of our favorite companies and teams. Here's your host, Eric Termundi. Hilton Barber, thank you so much for joining the One Degree Shift Podcast. How are you today? Spectacular, Eric. It's always a delight to speak with you, mate, and catch up. Well, here's the thing. Listeners will know that I kind of like to, to, to rave about my guests, especially the ones that I, I know quite well uh, before the episode and, and really starts and then let them tell our viewers, our listeners a little bit more about themselves. So I'm going to do that. Uh, and, and what I want the listeners to know is that if you go to Hilton's LinkedIn page, you'll see that he is a, he's got marketing, he's got culture, and I think he's got communication as, as his third word. And, and, and what I tend to, I'm not going to say despise, that's too strong, but I've always been told in my industry, in my profession, that unlike what we're told growing up to not put all your eggs in one basket, what I'm supposed to do is put all of my eggs in a basket so tall that if somebody is looking for that one thing, they're going to know it's me. Now, you look at marketing, culture, and communication, we've got a big scope out here of things that we can talk about. And the thing that the listeners need to know about Hilton is that when he's got those three words, there's nobody that I know who, number one, uh, exhibits and exudes the work ethic that Hilton does to understand, to learn, and to study about these three things. But to have a conversation um, as deep and as broad as I've heard and seen and experienced with him about any of these conversations is something that I haven't seen in, in anyone else. So I, I wouldn't say he's a jack of all trades, but he's a jack of three and, and a master at all. So Hilton, thanks so much for joining us today. And uh, in, in your words, I'd love to hear a little bit more about what you're up to now. Eric, I've got to start with saying, I'm glad that we're recording this because then I can absolutely share it with my two daughters who you often wonder why is dad's head buried in a book yet again. So that's an incredible, that's an incredibly generous uh, commentary that you just made. I think in short, for me, it really just begins with an insatiable curiosity, a curiosity about how people interact, whether it's with brands and businesses, but how people interact together to do great things for the organizations that they work for. So I've always been struck as a marketing person, and that's been my career 20 plus years, that for all the work that we do in marketing, the reality is time and again, it's the culture of our organization that determines whether we succeed or not. And that comes down to people. So I think if anything, if there's a thread behind all of those things, it's just a profound belief I have that people the creativity, the industrious nature, the intelligence of people is what makes great products, great services, great businesses, great organizations. And if we're really fortunate, great societies and great countries, it's probably as simple as that. And I've been lucky to work with people who feel the same and lucky to work with clients who seek the same and want to be better. So I consider myself incredibly fortunate so again, thank you for your kind comments, but uh, ultimately, it's just about people, mate, as it is with your business too, getting the very best out of people and stepping Wait, and, back and seeing how brilliant that is. And, and while I gr agree with the simplicity of it's just people, 
that's incredibly complicated at the same time. And those who have listened to my material over the past years will know that one of the biggest axes I have to grind is with how we attract and, and ultimately retain people. And so perhaps the conversation I want to have with you today, or at least to start, is around the communication between marketing and HR. I see Mm -hmm. a a monstrous gap that needs to be filled in terms of how we're talking about our workplaces, our people, and our organizations, not to attract customers, buyers, or partners, but to attract employees. What what we know to be true is that the average job description is 250 to 300 words. A recruiter might look at a a resume for six or seven seconds and the ability to find that right fit before being in the job for a week or three or 10 uh, is increasingly difficult. Now, we've also got the other side of the coin where we've got our companies who are promoting these mission, vision, values, a triple bottom line to promoting diversity and inclusion programs, which by the way, I'm not knocking any of them. But in especially the last 100 days, we were talking before the call. Uh, it was it, At the time of recording this episode, it was 100 days since the, the WHO declared a global pandemic. We've seen, whether it's uh, diversity and inclusion statements or pandemic statements or anything in between, we've seen corporate statements, a one-liner. We've seen companies take action. We've seen the whole spectrum of how different organizations are responding to the last 100 days. The question then to, I have to you is, with respect to attracting talent, how do people know which of these statements are lip service and which of these statements really come from a place of, of, of positivity, of authenticity, of, of even positive change? So firstly, you know, let, me, let me start by how much admiration I have for just how relentless you are on this incredibly critical topic. And to your point, the last 100 days have seen a substantive groundswell change. I think in many cases necessary, and in even more cases, long, long overdue. A long overdue realization, organizations looking in the mirror and saying, when I could be complacent in the past about bringing you into a physical locality, and plying you with free food and beer carts on Friday afternoon. I could, you know, take the foot off the gas on some of the more critical aspects of how I attacked, attract and retain talent. That's now evaporated. You know, we have a tenuous digital link with our organizations. We're on 10 hours of Zoom calls a day, which I know, as we discussed earlier, I'd much rather have root canal some days than spend another hour on a Zoom call. But what is really brought into sharp focus, and, and you stated it wonderfully earlier, is that organizations have realized that platitudes are wafer thin, that statements that have no depth, that have no tangible actions and, and authority behind them are wafer thin and people see right through them. So I'm delighted. I mean, even if, even if it is a single statement, and even if it is grounded in nothing more than the PR company writing that statement, I adore the fact that this is in sharp focus now, that people from employees to members of society are no longer willing to take that from the organizations that they support or the organizations they work for. So I think it's, we're on a journey, mate. 
This mm-hmm. is too nuanced. It's too complicated. It's been around for too long to expect that we'll solve it in 100 days. Mm-hmm. But I am delighted at the groundswell change that we've seen. And I'm delighted that folks like you are relentless about bringing it out into the open so we do discuss it. So I've had Nikes on my feet for the past 25 years. And recently they've taken a, a, a stand or maybe more appropriately, they've taken a knee with, with Colin Kaepernick. They've supported Serena Williams, among mm-hmm. others. Look, it's a, you know, yeah. a huge, huge organization. Now, uh, in, the, in the past little while, they said, uh, just don't do it. Uh, for for a little bit, how, how do I know as a consumer, as a potential employee, uh, what if that's opportunistic, if it's capitalistic, or if it's authentic and genuine? There's the sixty-four million dollar question. Uh, you know, so I've got a couple of vectors on that on that answer. I think, firstly, we. We can't lose sight of the fact that businesses are in business to make a profit, regardless mm-hmm. of what we think about their, about their philanthropic efforts, their community service efforts. They are, unless they're a charity, a mm-hmm. profit-driven organization. And that mm-hmm. means creating, building, retaining customers. Mm-hmm. And that means they have to understand what makes their customers tick, what their customers want, need, and desire. Is it a product? Is it a stance on racial equality? Is it mm-hmm. both? So I think the astute companies recognize that if they don't serve their customers in an authentic way, they make great apparel that fits and makes you feel athletic. That's one part of the equation. But increasingly, I think, there's a recognition that's not enough. Just a great product is not enough. What are you doing with your voice as an organization? What are you doing with your ability as an organization to bring people or bring conversations to the forefront. So yes, Nike has taken, has taken a knee, but it's also taken a punch to the face because of the lack of diversity of their senior leadership well, for a decade. Course, yeah. But I think, again, you know, we've got, we've got to accept that you're not just going to change 100 years or 400 years of business overnight. No matter how mm-hmm. energetic, no matter how enthusiastic, and no matter how right that is. But I think we have to start, and I love seeing the conversation starting and the action starting. That's the best I think we can hope for right now. And to answer your question, this is the thing we've got to keep pushing these companies to. What mm-hmm. are they doing in 90 days, 180 days? Are they still mm-hmm. as committed? when maybe this has died down a little bit. Let's hold mm-hmm. them to those horizons to see, are they still doing the right thing? Before our conversation, I, I drew out, and, and I, I believe I said communication earlier, and I think the word is, is community. I drew a bit of a Venn diagram, marketing, culture, and community. And, and this is the conversation that, that I wanted to have with you um, because I think that, that it, this is at the intersection of all three. I mean, perhaps it's at the intersection of all that is business right now in terms of human uh-huh. equity, well-being, in terms of sales, in terms of uh, literally the, the whole spectrum. Um, you say that change can happen overnight. 
I, I would probably push back and say that this is the change that is happening overnight. Sometimes the change is as easy as a decision and then acting on it. So the question then for you, whether it be with Cognitive, the company that you're working with now, or any of the hundreds of people that you're talking with on, on, a, on a weekly or monthly basis, what is the step-by-step plan to go from words to action? What, what are the questions that we need to be asking each other? What are the steps that we need to be taking to say that, okay, you know, we, we go from mission, vision, values on, on, the, on the boardroom wall mm-hmm. to behaviors and actions to this is mm-hmm. how we communicate it to our, our, our buyers, our partners, our community to uh, mm-hmm. making a bit of a change and a pivot for the better. What, what steps do we take? Mm-hmm. So I think there's, a, there's obviously numerous steps to take, and I think they will obviously differ organization to organization. I think if I'm being academic for a second, I would say, your culture is always is defined by the business decisions you make. What are you trying to achieve? What are you what are you trying to be? And to whom are you trying to attract the customer of? You've got to understand those things inherently. But your culture has got to be something that allows that to happen. So I think, you know, some of the most obvious steps and ones that many organizations are taking right now is how are we truly representing our customers? Are their voices heard inside our organization? What is the level of representation we have across the spectrum of consumer segments? Mm-hmm. You know, if you look at a if you look at a boardroom table and decide that we are in the service of a multicultural set of consumers, and your boardroom table reflects a whole bunch of middle-aged white guys, well, there's an incongruence there immediately. Mm-hmm. If beneath that the voices that, and again, back to the start, the creativity, the intelligence, the understanding, the insight of the people who understand those consumer audiences doesn't have a place, doesn't have a voice inside your organization. Then again, I question how you can say you're representative of the people you're building products and services for. You can't mm-hmm. because the people who understand those realities don't have a voice and don't have a way to bring their input into the organization. So I do think, I mean, in simple terms, you know, there is a, there is a stark reckoning that has to happen that says the voices and the contribution of the people inside our organization. How representative is that? And is it truly representative? And more importantly, do they truly have a voice? Mm-hmm. Do they have a voice? And are we able to act and, and make decisions based on that voice, having a place inside our company. Mm-hmm. You have to start there. Otherwise, again, it's just PR and posters on the wall. And again, I think people have little or no appetite for that anymore, which is entirely right. Platitudes are over. It has to be actions now. So this is where I get frustrated. And I, I said we were going to swing for the fences today because I don't <laughs> think platitudes, I don't think platitudes are over. I agree with you that they should be, but I think we're in the golden age of saying a bunch of shit and not doing anything about it. In fact, I would mm-hmm. argue it's worse now than it's ever been before. And I don't want to get too controversial with recent events in the past, you know, I'll I'll just say that I wasn't one to post a black square on on my Instagram feed. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that is because I thought that piece of content took away from a piece of valuable content that somebody else might actually gain something from as a result Mm -hmm. of me not getting in the way. 
And I wonder what, for some folks, was this a narcissistic play to say, look at me doing the right thing. I'm going to post my black square and then I'm going to be on my way and tell my friends I did the right thing. Or are you making the donations? Are you walking the streets? Are you having the conversations that need to be had? And look, we don't need to go into that conversation now. The question that I would have for you, agreeing with you that we need to get past platitudes and into action is that the reality of the Western world right now is that not many of us are in leadership positions or in the, or have the ability to make this change from, from, from the C-suite to help our, our people. Now, the question then is, if I am one of those people whose voices haven't been heard, if I think that, you know, that statement that my company released last week doesn't actually reflect what's happening in here, how do I regardless of uh, my, my skin color, but more importantly, focused on my uh, title and, and how senior I am in the organization, how do I start to influence the shifting of this company and the actions that I think the company needs to take to, to, to be headed more in the right direction than we were, say, yesterday, last week, or last month? Mm-hmm. So I've got two answers for you, mate. I think uh, number one, Every business recognizes that it has to attract customers. And guess what? If you're an employee, you're a customer too. Mm-hmm. You choose to wear Nike on your feet for 25 years. That's a choice you make every day when you walk into Foot Locker or buy online. That's your choice. If you are truly morally outraged by what Nike is or is not doing, more importantly, mm-hmm. you have a choice to stop giving them a dollar of your money. Sure. We all have that choice. We mm-hmm. choose with ours every day the organizations we explicitly and overtly support. And mm-hmm. if we don't like it, stop doing it. I mean, I, I would suggest to you that there are two significant social media platforms in the world today that each of us every day choose <laughs> to give our custom our eyeballs and our energies. And I would ask how much of those social media platforms are complicit in some of the stuff that's happening in the world. So mm-hmm. that's number one. The second thing is, again, you know, inside your organizations, I would hope that you are not a lone voice, though I recognize that that's an incredibly naive statement from me. Because in some organizations, you may be the only voice of uh, equality. You may be the only voice that does speak out. And I think, again, that that is a personal choice. I think the reality, and we're seeing it across the world, is that a lot of people have, have recognized that their apathy or lack of action, in many ways, has made them complicit in the world we live in. If you mm-hmm. don't do or say something, you're as responsible as the people who are doing the bad things that you dislike. Now, again, this will come down to everybody making individual choices with where mm-hmm. they spend their money, and where they spend their time. And again, I think the good thing that's coming out of all of this is perhaps for the first time, there is very visible signs of these are organizations that you can support. These are organizations coming up with ideas you can bring into your company. I'm seeing that springing up all over the place. Mm -hmm. So again, I think in the past when you would have said, I'm just one person, I don't know where to start. I think increasingly there's numerous places you can look to and go, that's a great idea. Maybe we could do that here. Mm-hmm. That's just a great LinkedIn post. Maybe mm-hmm. I could just share that with a couple of colleagues and see if it catches on. We can start small. 
Mm-hmm. And again, I think those are some of the ways. But we choose. We choose with our wallets and we choose with our time what mm-hmm. we endorse. Mm-hmm. And I think that's got to be the first thing that each of us looks in the mirror and says, do I agree with where I'm spending my time and where I'm spending my money? Mm-hmm. And take it from there. Hilton, we are, uh, we are, we are running out of time. One last question I, I have for you is, was almost to give you the floor. If uh, you were to give individuals and organizations sort of one piece of advice or, or one thing that they need to consider now, given the conversation that we've had and the intersection of, of community marketing and culture and what you've learned over the past hundred days, would you continue to learn uh, today, tomorrow and into the future? What, what's something that we need to be aware of? What's something that we need to be looking into? What's something that you've learned that we can all take away? I would suggest, and this may sound bizarre, but I would suggest it's okay for all of us to say, I don't know where to start. I don't mm. know how to do this. I think that's okay. I think, you know, the solution that we have to have all of the answers immediately, otherwise we're not good leaders. It's a fallacy, and it's a dangerous mm-hmm. fallacy. I think more than ever, the opportunity to say, please help me. I don't mm-hmm. understand this. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. How can you raise my awareness? How can you make me better? I think if more people and more leaders were prepared to be that vulnerable, then at least the start of these conversations would be real and authentic. But it has to begin with an an acknowledgement of, I don't have the answers, but I desperately want to be better. Please help me. Those three words, I think, will, will enable some of the most profound changes inside our organizations and our society, perhaps, than we've mm-hmm. ever seen. And that would be what I would ask. And that would be what I would suggest to anybody listening to this podcast. And if people want to learn more, uh, find you on online, where, where can they look? Uh, LinkedIn uh, is, is a favorite spot. And obviously, if you want to find me on that other social media platform, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Zim Hilton. And I look forward to anybody reaching out to discuss this stuff. It's the important conversations we should be having. And Eric, as always, thank you for your leadership. Thank you for your voice in this conversation. And genuinely, mate, thank you for just being you. It's an absolute privilege and a delight to know you and be connected with you. I I appreciate that. Absolutely. And likewise, I mean, uh, I'll be the first one to say that in many times I, I don't know where to start. Sometimes the actions are a result of, of overthinking and sometimes they're a result of, of underthinking. Sometimes they are nailed it right on, right on the head. And sometimes I think that I totally, absolutely missed it. So thank you for helping me see from a, a different perspective to see more, to see, to see greater and, and to learn along the way. So thank you for your time. And I look forward to seeing you hopefully in person as soon as we can. You take good care, mate. Look after yourself. For more podcasts, show notes, and to connect with our speaker today, visit ericturmundi.com. That's E-R-I-C-T-E-R-M-U-E-N-D-E.com. And click the podcast tab. Thanks for listening.